Thank you very much, Mr. O'Mell, 780-6868. That's the number everybody needs to know for the phone calls and the texts. Mike O'Shea, how are you this Monday night? Uh, I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? I'm good. I thought you might be. Uh, Things are pretty great in uh, the football world of Mike O'Shea and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Our first text was from Michael in San Antonio, Coach O'Shea. He says, cancel tonight's coaches show. Well, we can't do that, Michael. Everything that needs to be said about Saturday's game was said on the field. Coach, bravo. That was one dominant, disciplined, multifaceted performance. Did he sum it up pretty well? He did. He did. You can just show up in Winnipeg, and he can do all the talking. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, talk, Mike, often and say there's no such thing as a perfect game. We'll never play a perfect game. Nobody ever will. Uh, that was, I don't know if it's as close to perfect as you could get, 45 nothing Saturday, was it, do you think, or not? I, I don't know. I don't spend a lot of time looking like that, looking at things like that. You know, you unfortunately, as coaches, you you sort of, you know where the good plays are, and you fast forward through them, and you try and find the ones that you can improve on. You know, we, we enjoyed it. Certainly, it was it was. Um, you don't get many games like that in in an entire career, so uh, we certainly enjoyed that. But um, you know, the coaches are off now, but they probably already looked at the film and um, are thinking about things that they can do a little better. Yeah. Um... So early in the game, Zach Kolaris marched the team downfield, and Doug Brown and I were watching, and we thought, boy, they look sharp tonight on offense. Did you sense early that the, you know, it was going to be a game where your team was sharp? Uh, yeah, it felt that way. <laughs> you know, they uh, all three phases, I thought. I thought the special teams were due for a bit of a breakout. I thought the way they were practicing um, and the plan Boo had put together was was leading to this uh they're sort of coming into their own a little bit so um with the offensive defense playing like they like they were i thought it was going to be pretty interesting with all three phases i thought uh looking sharp as you said i don't uh, know what's left to be said about your defense now 11 games you've given up uh, 126 points that's 11.45 points per game um can they play much better than they did the other night They'll try. I know that. I, <laughs> I know that group. They will try to, to be better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but they certainly were flying around, and, and, and it did look good, and they looked like they are having fun out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steve Richardson was throwing people around right from the get-go, wasn't he? As usual. <laughs> well, As usual. Maybe yeah. even more than usual. Um, so... You've clinched first place, and I know, Mike, a lot of the questions tonight are going to be, and you've got three regular season games left, we all know that, are going to be about uh, your plans in terms of playing time and all that sort of thing. Can you give us some thoughts on how you're going to approach that? Well, I've got a roster meeting on Thursday morning, and we will talk about uh, sort of all these parameters. But um, we will try to rest uh, certain people, but you also understand that Given the roster size and you know budgets, you just not like you can do wholesale changes, right? It just doesn't work that way. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of thinking about what was done in the past and on teams where um, we were fortunate enough to 
to know the the way it was going to be seeded and and how it was going to work out in that regard. I don't remember the defense ever sitting anybody. You know, I remember them resting a few guys on the offense, but I just remember the defense playing. And for the most part, most guys played. Right? You want to be sharp, also. So um, there's a bunch of factors that, that come into play here, and um, no matter what people want us to do or think we should do, sometimes that's not possible, right? So yeah, we'll we'll make the best decisions we can for our, for our club and balance that with uh, health versus sharpness and all those things in between. So I, I've never felt that these decisions are easy, and nor have I felt there's a right way or a wrong way to do to to to, to do what you're facing. Uh, would you agree with that, that there's not a right way or a wrong way? There's just the way that you feel is the proper way? Uh, yeah, whatever's best for your team at that time. I think what's what's always prevalent is the second-guessing afterwards, right? Like, no matter what decision, you know, you make going forward with who to play, who to rest, there, there's always going to be uh, an element of second-guessing afterwards. So, um you know, you evaluate. I remember several years ago, I practiced an, an extra day. My gut said, just give them an extra day off or, or walk through. Uh, you know, we didn't go far in the playoffs. I know we, we had a playoff game. We didn't go far. Um, and, you know, afterwards, I was like, God, this didn't look as fresh as I'd like them to. So it changes the way I, I you know, do things later on. Yeah. Um, we go through two weeks where, you know, I don't know that the performances were you know, how great they were. And we, we cut down to two practice days this, this week, we had an extra practice day, you know, guys running around. So in theory, they should have been less fresh, but apparently they felt better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just taking in information, um, really looking hard at, at that, at that particular moment, what you think they need, what you think the players need and, and trying to give them that. So you play Montreal twice in Calgary, is there an obligation to the rest of the league to play your best players against those teams who are all fighting for playoff spots? There's an obligation to our team, and that's it. Yeah, that's what you I know, thought you would say. We, yeah, yeah we, we owe it to the guys that have worked so hard to get to this spot to put them in a better spot. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's the way I'd feel. The rest of the teams can fend for themselves yep. you've got to do what's best for the blue bombers right right yeah. you know if you, i've always felt this way when i was you know if i ended up on the short end of the stick well we left it too late you know if we're waiting for someone else to play to steal our fate it's, we've, we've done something wrong earlier in the season so yeah um that's, it still doesn't feel good but um so be it so uh, do you approach it differently in terms of the things we've talked about on a home game versus a road game? Uh, I do think so. Yep, I do think so. Uh, just because, you know, traveling does, uh, and I think it's the way the games fall, right? Mm-hmm. You know, home away, away, and then the last game, you, you definitely need your guys to place some snaps in that last game because you're going to have a whole week off. You can't give them two weeks off, I don't think. You know, if a guy was, injured and really needed the two weeks absolutely but if uh if if you can go then you need to take snaps in the in that last game to to try and remain sharp 
Okay, here's uh, the first text, second text. Good evening, Mike. I was truly amazed by the speed and quickness of Johnny Augustine. It was like he was shot out of a cannon. Have you considered having him return punts and kickoffs? Yeah, kickoffs for sure. Catching punts are a completely different animal. You know, it's uh, we we run a pile of guys through um, punt return drills from training camp on, and you just sort of weed them out as you go along as to who when you, you know when you watch a guy. And that's not to say Johnny can't catch punts. Just catching a kickoff is is much easier, and there's not the pressure of guys being all around you. you you've got time and space, so and the ball flies differently, right? A punt coming down. A spiral, or even if it's a, especially if it's not a spiral, yeah, coming down is, is difficult. Um, you know, it's a different. Those guys that catch those that catch punts are are um, there's a knack to it. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. So yeah, I, I you know I don't believe I I think Johnny could catch punts or whatever, but kickoff return sure. But he, but he's a valuable blocker too, right? He he's played well in special teams. I think if you before he got that carry that was a, a beautiful run and a physical run too at the end, he ran down on kickoff and absolutely whacked anything he saw and made tackles and you know his his teammates were pretty fired up for all of it for Johnny. Yeah, he had two special team tackles and they both stood out. Let's take a phone call before we take a break. Gail, you're on the coach's show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead. Good evening, gentlemen. Congrats on the game to your team and yourself there, Coach. Um, two questions. First, how are Harris and Hardwick? Coming along, Gail. They are coming along nicely. They are. I saw them on the list today. They were in getting treatment, and they'll uh, obviously keep working extremely hard because they'd like to be a part of it. Okay, so you answered one of my questions. That was if you're going to rest anybody, which is I, I didn't think you would, <laughs> and I don't think the guys would want to anyway. They want to play. I I just see it. They just want to be there. The other question is, with Montreal's uh, decision on who they're going to play as the quarterback, does that make any decisions for you? No. No. <laughs> no. No. I don't. I generally do not pay attention or a lot of attention to what the other team's doing with their roster. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, uh, I'll give you an example. BC dressed uh, an extra fullback and an extra lineman. It looked like this past game. And I take note of it. I pass it along to Richie. Richie shrugs his shoulders and says, yep. <laughs> you know, so they're, they're very prepared uh, for all the scenarios. They just have to take note from one series to the next, you know, who's, who's in and what the personnel package is. But um you know, everybody in the league runs the same sort of personnel packages. So, and depending, you know, who the quarterback is, is, um, you know, they've already watched enough tape and they all know what they can do. And, and once again, offensive coordinators pretty well stand, uh, pretty well stay to the package that they, that they've developed in training camp. So there's not a lot of, uh, movement from there. In fact, if anything, they pare it down a little bit. So, um, yeah, I don't know what to say for this, but I, here it goes. Don't break any legs, but good luck for the next three games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gail. Thanks, Thanks for the call. Hey, Mike, will you, uh, before we break, will you consult with the players uh, on yeah. how much they want to play? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't, it's not how much they want to play. Right. I usually ask them what they think they need. Okay. And then the conversation starts there. Yeah. With what they think they need. Um, vets especially, right? Like they, they've been through this before, possibly, maybe not. Yeah. But it's, it's what they think they need. And then, um, then we go from there. Some will be disappointed. Some will play more than they maybe want to. Yeah. Some will, some will play less, but we'll see. Like I said, it's, it's really hard to make a lot of changes. Um, you know, at this, at this point with, like I said, with the roster and budgets and, and the bye week, uh, you know, the first week by in the playoffs, that kind of stuff. It's, you, you definitely have to play that last game. So you had three regular season games left, but how does it feel to know that you only have to win one particular game to be in the Grey Cup? Yeah, I don't think about that. Um, sure you do. No, no. You know, I've, I downloaded Montreal film today. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't not. You know, it's, it's uh, you want to be on a roll too, right? Yeah. So, um I think it's it's important to stick to the way we've been doing things, and and not change that. And um, I, I don't I don't think the players would take it for granted, but I just think they that they like the the routine they're in. It's it's proven that it's working for them. So let's just stick to the routine and and try to keep having these outcomes. We'll come back, take more of your calls and text 780-6868. It's the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea. It's on 680 CJOB. So tomorrow, the general public sale of tickets for the December 5th West Final will begin. 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, you can buy tickets for the West Final Bombers against somebody on the 5th of December. And on that note, Mike O'Shea, and welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh... A question from Andrew who says, taking a step back, what would you say is the biggest threat to you and your team continuing its main objective? He's talking about who you think you might play in the West Final. Oh, that's not how I took it. I think uh, as soon as you said threat, I just think of you know our focus, right? How, how we prepare. Uh, making sure that we um, are just consistent with our preparation and and once again, understanding that this is, it's been good for us so far, so let's just keep doing what we're doing. Patrick, you're on the coach's show with Mike O'Shea. Oh, sorry, Mike. No, no problem. That's good. Yeah. Patrick, go ahead. Yeah, coach. I, I, I just wanted to say thank you, right? You know, like, like, like being at that game there on Saturday night, you know, like it, it, it was just, you know, like just, just mind blowing, you know, like, like walking out of that stadium, every bomber fan, like, like we, it, it was just, you know, like it, it was unbelievable. So I, I just want to thank both you and the and the team, you know, for, for, for giving that to us, you know, like because there's just no better feeling, right? You know, like then, you know, like this year is something out of the books, as as they say. So I, I just want to say thank you for that. But I've only got one problem, you know. There was a Jets game on that same night, right? And maybe you can help me out on on this, Bob. You know, like like we're season ticket holders for for both Bombers and, and the Jets, mm-hmm. right? You know, like uh, I I heard tell that they they might be moving the game or something, or 
Uh, have you heard anything about that? Yeah, there's talk about that. I don't know if it'll happen. Uh, the, the West Finals at 3.30. Uh, the Jets play at 6 that night. Uh, and I know there are discussions going on to see if they can get the, the time between games lengthened a little bit. We'll see how that works out. You betcha, but 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 on the bright side of things, I, again, Coach, I I just want to thank you, you know, like, and for every bomber fan out there, right, you know, like, because you know, like, this is it, you know, like, uh, again, thank you. Okay, Patrick. Thanks, Patrick. I, I think. Um, have you heard anything about some sort of transportation between the? Yes. The Bombers going to the Jets games? That's, yes, uh, I have. There's uh, the, bomb, yeah. Yeah, the Bombers are going to provide uh, bus transportation from IG Field to Canada Life Centre. If they could uh, move the hockey game back half an hour to 6.30 and the football game up half an hour to 3, no problem, right? Then there's no conflict. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. We'll, we'll see if that can work out. That would. That know, would... Some, sometimes I wish I could be standing outside the stadium when everybody's leaving. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. to feel it. Because... When Patrick said that, it's like yeah. God. I just like to to be a little closer to that and get that sense of you know how how everybody feels leaving yeah. the game. So <laughs> it must be good. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's difficult even for your players, although they can hear it from the fans when they're cheering. But the joy that your team and teams everywhere bring their fans when they have success is immeasurable. And it has really, it has an impact on people, probably beyond what we even understand, Mike. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. People, somebody might say, wow, there should be more to life than that. But this is important to fans. Yeah. This year it's been interesting, right? Because there's very little interaction um, because of our protocols, our tier one protocols and stuff. So you you don't you don't just get close enough or as close as you'd like to as a CFL player. I'm sure because I mean, yeah, the game is 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 built on the back of the players and the fans that support them, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, I know the fans went home with a buzz on Saturday night. They probably got up Sunday morning with a buzz over the fact that their beloved Bombers had, never mind, had won at one so convincingly. Fans love routes, by the way, Mike, and had clinched first place. And oh, they do. Yeah, it's funny. I, there are some who prefer a more competitive match. I'd be one of them, but fans love it when you kick the tar out of the opposition. We'll come back with the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea on 680 CJOB. And, Christian, it's brought to you by DeKalb Seed, the seed for every season. And Mike has uh, a story to tell us about the way the fans felt as they left the stadium on Saturday night. Mike? Hi, guys. I uh, love the show as always. Um, yeah, I'm the uh, one of the fan ambassador uh, uh, guys there, and I'm the Bike Valley supervisor. And just the energy uh, coming out of the stadium the other night was just insane. Like, I mean, I've been doing the, uh, the Bike Valley for about three or four seasons, and this is the craziest that I think I've ever seen it. Uh, you know, great job. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, it was a, a moment that... Fans here haven't experienced for a long time, and that's uh, having a ten and one record, clinching first in the West, and all that good stuff. So, it was a unique night, Mike, and I'm not surprised to hear that. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Thanks. Thank you. Have a good night, guys. Uh, you too, Mike. Yeah. Th- thanks, Mike. So, Coach O'Shea, I have a couple of texts here now saying, "Is Sean McGuire going to get? That's your backup quarterback, going to get some playing time these last three games?" <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll figure that out come Thursday, but I imagine he'll take uh, take some more snaps. You might just start him in a game? 
We'll see. Once again, we, there's a lot of decisions to be made and a lot of uh, moving parts. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve a lot of these decisions till Thursday afternoon or or you know as they come up yeah. uh, throughout the coming weeks. Sure, Gary, you're on the coach's show. Talk to Mike O'Shea. Hi guys, uh, I got one comment and one question. Uh, in 2016, the Bombers started the season one and four. Then the coach started Matt Nichols, and he helped. He was one of the building blocks that led us back to 2019. I was at that 2019 game against BC when Don Lemon uh, tackled uh, Matt Nichols, and that was the last game that Matt Nichols played as a bomber. We owe him a lot, and I think the coach would agree. So I believe in karma, you know, and the Lions, because of that, deserve that beatdown that they got. <laughs> I don't know. You may say I'm crazy. Hey, I had my I retired my Joe Poploski jersey after 40 <laughs> years and bought a Matt Nichols jersey. Oh, I'll no. I'll tell you that. Okay, uh, I know the coach mentioned last week that he watches all the games. Yeah. In the, the Calgary-Saskatchewan game, after the three-minute warning... Saskatchewan got into trouble because on second down they got a time count violation, which was a loss of down. So I'm thinking ahead to the Western Final. Do you, have, Coach, do you have some kind of process uh, involving once you hit the three-minute warning, you have no timeouts, say for a tackle to keep an eye on the time clock, say if it hits three seconds and he pats the keister of the center on you know, so that thing never happens, or do you yeah, need we, the fans' help? Yeah, we we, we do have a process. Uh, I messed that up uh, five or so years ago in Calgary. Uh, yeah, well, I, clock, I, I know in Cal in Calgary, uh, it, it you're what? out of con you don't have the control. But I'm saying at a home game, it, you have control of the the jumbotron if it. You you put ten nine eight seven all the way down, and if it hits three, the fans go three two one, and you know that's your safety. I don't know. Yeah, well, let, Gary, let him let him finish with his answer because he said he, they do have a system. Yeah, we're we're, we're on the twenty second clock. I'm on it, and and Buck's on it all the time. It get if it hits ten, I usually say clock, and Buck says I'm on it, and then he starts counting down from seven or six. To the quarterback, so oh, that's uh, I that's not just within th that's not just within three minutes. That's the entire game. No, we don't we don't let that, that happen. The last three minutes. Yeah. That's when you have the loss of down, yeah. and on third down, it's a ten yard penalty. So if you were yeah. in a critical drive to get a field goal or a touchdown to win the game, you know it could cost you the game. Right, Gary. We're going to move on. We got lots of folks to get to. Thanks for the call, as always. Your your bye week. Okay, <laughs> Gary, thanks. Um, and by the way, we should add, Mike, uh, talking into the quarterback's helmet, a couple of years ago, they cut that off, what, with 10 seconds left on the, but it's open all the time now, right? It's, it's open now, yeah. yeah. So everybody adjusted their process, and, yeah. and that's what we do. And we, you know, that, that, uh, that second down that's, that's critical in the second quarter is, you know, we don't, we think that's just as important, right? We want to make sure we're 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 giving each each and every play its due. So, 
we're 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 hard on that twenty second clock. Yeah, you, I don't recall if you've taken it. Have you taken a time count violation this year? I'm not sure. I don't think you have. Here's a question from Barry. Hey, Mike, how do you ever get Winston Rose into the lineup with the defense playing so well, or will you? Well, that's a that's a good question. You know, he he'll he'll get here some point during the bye week, and and he'll be out running around by himself until he's done quarantine. And um, you know, it's uh, we'll we'll figure it out. But it's not a bad thing having very good players and adding very good players. So I do think this. I do think we've been uh, playing a little short in the in the defensive backfield. Um, you know, in terms of our numbers of bodies. So this is, uh, he's a welcome addition. Listen, he's, he's one of the best corners the last bunch of years to play in the CFL. So, uh, it's good to have him back. Andre, who lives in Alberta says, Mike, I was at the Bombers Elks game in Edmonton the other weekend and noticed the heaters on the sidelines. However, did not notice them on the sidelines of the game this past weekend. Is there a rule on having sideline heaters at a certain juncture of the season or is it an option and if it is an option, will the Bombers plan to use them for their remaining regular season games? Yeah, there is a rule. Um, and then, you know, once you hit that uh, that threshold, really what it comes down to is our equipment manager, Brad Foddy, uh, who's been with us 30-something years, uh, he talks to their the opposition's equipment manager and says, hey, do you want the heaters or not? And we're obliged to provide them. Um and even if we were to provide, let's say BC wanted them this last game, which Rick Campbell said no, he didn't. He didn't feel they needed them. Right. We still would have had them on our sideline, and and we'll go as long as we can before we put them out because I think it's a part of playing playoff football is making sure you can function and uh, you know the mindset is such that that you're good with the cold weather and, and you're going to play a good, great game no matter what the temperature. So, um, you know, we'll add the heaters when, when we need to, but for the most part, we try to stay away from them. What happens is the players then just congregate around the heater, yeah. you know, and, and whether they need to or not, yeah. you know, you, that's you, where they start to go. And it's, then you lose communication, um, you know, on the bench, you lose communication with the coaches and you lose sight of the game. So it's, uh, We'd like yeah. to keep them off the sidelines as long as possible. Do you have a go-to temperature to bring the heaters out? No, I, okay. I don't. I, I leave that to Brad. He's, he's you know, he's in tune with the guys, and he knows he know he's been done it so many years. Yeah. He'll know better than I would. Okay. Uh, here's a text. It was sad seeing Michael Riley having to go in after Nathan Rourke. Uh, went out of the game with an injury on Saturday. Riley was playing in pain and at risk to his team. Please comment, Coach, on why a third quarterback isn't dressed and would you like to see that changed? Uh, you know, that's that's a question for the CFL. That's not um, anything that I would have a say in, really. Um, I, I'm always in favor of, of, of having a third quarterback, uh, you know, I do think it helps their development being there and being on the sidelines. Uh, it certainly gives you an option, but uh, I also know that there's been a bunch of time where the third quarterback never gets to play. So, yeah. you know, I think there was a decision made based on real data, not just gut feel. Right. 
So, um, and I do trust my gut a lot, but there was, you know, hard data presented and whatever the percentages were, it was negligible. So they, uh, they, they moved away from the third quarterback and, you know, there's been, I would say at the end of the year when they sort of, uh, look back on this, they'll find, they'll find maybe three games where, where it was relevant and this BC game being one of them, although Mike Riley could go back in and play and play, right? It's, it wasn't probably uh, BC's first choice to put him back in, you know, if they had a third. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what happened. Once again, I shouldn't probably comment on what BC was thinking or not thinking, but um, like it really, the number of times this would come up in a year would be not very many. No, that's true. That's always been the case, but the, the odd time when it has come up and there has not been a third quarterback dress, it can get pretty embarrassing. Here's William with a question. Does the shortened schedule this year, meaning 14 games versus 18, have any effect on how players might be rested or played down the stretch? No, I don't think so. I haven't uh, I haven't added that into the equation, honestly. Uh, it may come down to, like when I start you know, putting more deep thought into it, maybe maybe that does, you know, the light bulb go off and, and I realize that the 14-game schedule has something to do with it. But, you know, uh, the first couple glances tell me that, that that's um, not really part of the equation. Here's a great text from <laughs> Rum Hut Kevin. Coach, me and my family are 31-year season ticket holders. I had 30 people from Niverville come with me to tailgate. Some have never been to a game before, and now they all want to come to December 5th. <laughs> Hell yeah, Niverville. Yeah, that's great. See, that's uh, what I said about how fans love a route. I mean, <laughs> people would have gone home so, geez, those bombers, we got to go watch them again. They won 22-21. It would have been, oh, that was a killer. But 45 nothing. yeah, we love that. Yeah. Um, well, they're not always going to look like that, Bob. You no, know that. <laughs> no, I do know that. Uh, here's another one. Been a season ticket holder since 1967. 67. This is the best defense I've seen. Boy, that's heady praise, Mike. Well, we got time in, in, in January to look back and, and sort of decide where this defense ranks. They are very good. They're having a lot of fun playing together, and they put a ton of work in together. Um, they just they show up every day and show up, show up early and stay late. and just They just work, which is um, very uh, easy on the head coach. And that's not liable to change in the next four weeks, is it? Well, I'll be looking for that. Uh, I'll have to look pretty hard because I really don't think that's going to change. The the leadership we have on defense, um, not only is it extensive, but but they're just there. They're the guys that drive it, right? So Mm -hmm. they, uh, they won't let each other slip. 780-6868. 780-6868. It's the Coach Show with Mike O'Shea, brought to you by DeKalb Seed, the seed for every season. We'll be right back. Back to the phone calls we go. John, you're on the show with Mike O'Shea. Yeah, hi, Coach. Hi, Bob. There's something up earlier in the year when uh, when uh, uh, Lapleese got uh, uh, the job in Ottawa and uh, Buck Pierce got hired. I, honestly, I, I was really apprehensive. But boy, he's he's had a hell of a job, just kind of hiding behind the curtain, and and uh, I don't think he gets uh, as much uh, uh, praise as he should. He's uh, he's done a hell of a job. Absolutely, 
you know, I, I love going to work every single day with Buck, but um, I don't know if he's hiding behind the curtain. I mean, he's he's in his office grinding, and uh, and everybody in the building understands. I mean, from guys, people that are watching the game and follow the Bombers, you know, he, he doesn't get a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of uh, loving. Uh, there's one other po- uh, thing I'd like to. Somebody has mentioned at the game, uh, you know, whether it's a blowout or not. I'll be honest with you. Like, I just turned 76, and, and regardless what the score is, I'm on pins and needles right till that final whistle blows. Me too. The other thing, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, the other thing was, uh, and I'm just going to look at the other team at the BC team for a while. There was a play where where it looked like your, your whole defensive line was Velcroed to uh, – to the quarterback and uh, and and Michael just uh, he carried him for four or five yards and boy you want to talk about a competitive spirit that was really impressive. Yeah, John, thanks for the call. I remember that play. Do you, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. I, I watched it today. Yeah, incredible. It really was. You know, <laughs> it, there's there's four or five guys on him and he just kept churning. You can see the his socks, different yeah. colored socks, just driving and ended up. Uh, not giving up a sack because of it, right? I think, he, I think he did get about four yards and just crossed the line. So, um, yeah, he's he's always been strong on the skeet, that's for sure. He's a fighter. Uh, text, I thought Janarian Grant was exceptional last game. It was only a matter of time before he broke one. He gives the Bombers another level at the return position. Coach, your comment. Yeah, Janarian has done well. You know, he, he got nicked up earlier in the year, and I think he's finally coming back to form again. Um, and I also do believe that just uh, once again, the, the, the special teams, um, the, the various units are just gelling now and, and they're starting to get uh, to the point where they're seeing uh, enough pictures, enough film, enough plays. They're getting enough experience where they can take it to the field and, and make a difference in a play. You know, we, um, it, they they were getting a lot of grief earlier in the year, but I just you just figured it was going to take time, and and you know hopefully they can continue that success going forward. Two players on Saturday that uh, I want you to comment on, Coach O'Shea. Before we're done here, Brandon Alexander, your safety, and we've talked about him repeatedly all season long. He forced that interception that Willie Jefferson scored the touchdown off of. He has become an intimidator back there, unlike any other in the league, I think. Yeah, he he is so smart. He works so hard. Uh, he's he's tough as nails, and more than anything, his heart is huge. Like he he just he wants to give everything he's got on every single play. So um, that combination is, you know, just adds up to great leadership on that in the in the defensive back end for sure. Yeah, and he's one of the guys who runs downfield on the punts too. Yeah, he's very successful for us. He's drawn, he's made a lot of tackles, drawn penalties, and uh, <laughs> he just keeps doing it. You know, you, you love it when starters are jumping up on special teams um, and, and playing well. And then it's so hard to s- single players out on your team, but another one who I think we should mention, Jackson Jeffcoat had four tackles. He had a tackle for a loss, and he had two quarterback sacks. Now, that's a phenomenal line. Uh, in a game for any defensive lineman, his level of excellence continues to graph upward, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I think one of those plays where they just got over the line was another one where he had him. So he might have had another sack if they, they just dropped him a little sooner. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
you know, one of the things I noticed about Jackson, and, and he talks about this, about his, his uh, use of his hands, mm-hmm. you know, even on rundowns, he is, I just find him so hard to block. Like the opposition must have a hard time blocking him because his use of hands and how, how quick they are and, and how he leverages uh, the opponent um, to make plays. He's, he, he's been, he's been lights out this year too. So um, yeah, it's, it's been fun to watch Jackson, you know, and, and he'll continue that. I'm sure. Does this buy come at a good time? Michael Shea? Always, always. We always got guys nicked up that can use a little rest. So, um, you know, also gives the coaches a chance to, to have a little bit of rest. And then um, I'm sure they're all going to be uh, looking at some extra prep for uh, for some games coming up. So Yeah, and I know lots of the fans are targeting December the 5th, and that's understandable. But I'm looking forward to a week from Saturday when the, the young, uh, rising Montreal Alouettes roll in here. Yeah, that's going to be a tough game. You know, I think... Uh, yeah, I know everybody's looking looking ahead, but geez, just come out and support us for that game because it'll it'll be important. And uh, like I said, we want to stick to the process and continue doing what we're doing, and um, can't cannot absolutely cannot let our foot off the gas now. Well, the Bombers don't play this weekend, but Mike, you'll be back uh, Monday night. We'll talk about the games that were played in the upcoming weekend and look ahead to your game against Montreal. That is the coach's show with Michael Shea. It's been brought to you by DeKalb Seed to Seed for every season.